Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now, here's your host, Paul Charchian. It's Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. Joining me as usual, or at least often, Brian Johnson. And it's, it's, it was you last week for sure, and it's you for, I think, a couple more weeks, too. And yet... In our industries, this is when people start banking vacation. Yep. So yeah, that's so it happens. What am I? I'm I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're the guy. Yeah, right, the guy vacation. not doing the vacations. Right. Well, it's because guillotine league season is uh, is upon us. Oh yeah. So that's probably a good chunk of it anyway. You want to work Keeping in the fantasy busy. industry? It's pretty much a seven day gig. And people well, celebrate yeah. the weekend in season. You're like, there's no such thing as the weekend. No. People be like, what are you doing for the weekend? Like, <laughs> yeah, working. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. That's like the week start. Yes. Yeah, exactly. The weeks never end. Yes. In football. This week, we're talking about high risk, high reward players. These are players with big upside, big downside, and the players that can make or break your roster. We're going to identify for each of us a player at each position we believe represents high risk, high reward. But before we get into the specific players, in in redraft, how many of these kinds of players do you want on your team? What does your risk profile look like? You know, if you took nothing but these players, it's probably going to blow up on you because there's too much risk that you've yeah. put onto your roster. It's like hitting but, the Powerball, basically. Yeah, right. Yeah. Basis. Yep. <laughs> You know, maybe they all work out brilliantly, or maybe you can get 
So we're going to give out, uh, I'm giving out four. You're giving out four. We're going to give out eight. If you put six of the eight on your roster, you're probably, it's probably not going to work out. If you can't get, you're not going to get six out of six or five out of six. And a couple of those guys are going to torpedo. But what do you think is the right kind of answer with your willingness to put these high risk, high reward players on roster? Uh, 20 to 30%. Mm -hmm. You got to have some upside. You got to. Yep. Swing for the fences at uh, certain uh, positions. You certainly don't want to take high risk, high or high risk players from the same team, like quarterback, wide receiver, because right. odds are yeah. if, if that quarterback not, goes down, yeah. he's taking the receiver with him. That's definitely more of a uh, mm-hmm. best ball mentality. You can afford when yeah. you're not setting your lineup when the you know it's getting set automatically. I've got a quarterback receiver combo. I'll be talking right. about yeah. So you have to say which uh-huh. one you would if if you were forced to pick one who. Who it would be the uh, the quarterback to me is the position where I'm most willing to take chances because in a one quarterback league, uh, you can get another quarterback if it doesn't work out for your high risk guy. There's somebody to pivot to that you can find more easily in single quarterback, and so for me, that's the one. You know, if you, if I were to if I were to just positionally say, where am I going to put my risk? I love putting risk into high upside quarterbacks. Uh, to that point, let's use that as our as our right. starting off point. Who is your high risk, high reward quarterback? Well, you can tell me if you'd like to take the chance on uh, Aaron Rodgers, who mm. getting drafted around QB 12, 13, definitely later than previous yeah. seasons. Yeah, over the last decade, he hasn't gone that low. But that's still kind of a significant investment based on how deep quarterback is, yeah. again, just like last year. And, and the risk with Rodgers is really... He has his worst season as a pro. And why would that happen Other outside of his age? I don't think I'm not really factoring his age as much here. But going back to 2017, Devontae Adams was his leading wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He gone from 2016 to going back to 2011. He was either Jordy Nelson or Randall Cobb. Yeah. And he had both of them in their prime. So he mm-hmm. had two amazing options in 2010. We'll go back that far. It was Greg Jennings had oh, wow. 1200 plus yards and 12 touchdowns. I think you get where I'm going with this. Do the Packers have a wide receiver on any of those players level right now? It doesn't appear to be unless Christian Watson turns out to be a great receiver. Yeah, or Alan Lazard, which I'm not buying into that. We know Alan Lazard's not a great receiver. No, and Sammy Watkins, certainly not a reliable. He'll be great week one. We know that for sure, but (laughs) but that's about it. And yeah, they have Randall Cobb, but he's now 100 years old in football years. So that's the risk. And the reward is, you know, Rodgers works with what he's got, and he has another typical 4,000-yard, 40-touchdown season, Mm -hmm. which is a bargain at quarterback 12 but uh i'm leaning he's more risky than uh rewardy i know that's not a word but yeah. uh so I, i'm kind of out on rogers but uh there is still reward there because he is one of the most talented quarterbacks in nfl history but what's the downside that he brings if you numerically give me give me your worst you know if he plays if he plays all 17 games where do you think his downside lies statistically for aaron Rodgers? You know, it, it's a down year for him if he's at 30 touchdowns. That would be a 3,500 yards in yeah. Green Bay. But that's not good defense. Poor, they, they got two very yes. good running backs. Mm-hmm. Granted, Aaron Jones is a good receiving back, but they become a, you know, a run heavy, a run heavier team. They've always been pass first, yeah. basically, Rodgers' whole career. So we'll see how it plays out. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of avoiding Rodgers, but there is still upside there. My high risk, high reward quarterback. And I almost saw Jalen Hurts here, but I didn't just because I think he's more of a known quantity than Trey Lance. 
who could go the pendulum swing on Trey Lance, I think is bigger than any quarterback in this year's fantasy draft. So the risk side of Trey Lance, just the 19 college starts. He had the one full game last year when he had to fill in for an injured Jimmy Garoppolo. And that was a disheartening effort that saw San Francisco score just 10 points against the Cardinals in that game with Trey Lance at the helm. You've got the Debo Samuel possible holdout working against Trey Lance. And it's very possible that Trey Lance just isn't a very good quarterback or isn't a very good passer at this level. We don't know yet. He could be benched for Jimmy Garoppolo. His, he might not even be the starter week one if, if he struggles all preseason. Garoppolo comes in and plays all right. The downside on Trey Lance is literally no fantasy points all year. Yeah, I mean, for those who don't know, he's a, a small school quarterback. Yeah, North, North Dakota North State. North Dakota State. Uh, Steve McNair was a small school uh, mm-hmm. quarterback. Alcorn State, right. I recall that. And he turned out all right, but there's risk in that, you know, but I don't buy into that too much. Let's talk the about the reward thing. for Trey Lance. He's got top five level upside if everything comes together. A lot of it is because of his unbelievable rushing ability. He brings to the table a rushing skill set that isn't, it is equivalent roughly to Jalen Hurts. Maybe not quite at the Lamar Jackson level of elusiveness, but he probably has more just straight line speed. He is fast. And in that one full game last year that Trey Lance played, they gave him 11 designed runs, and then he scrambled five more times for 90 rushing yards in his one full start. And the fact that Kyle Shanahan, who obviously never runs Jimmy Garoppolo, gave him 11 designed runs, very, very promising mm-hmm. for Trey Lance as a runner on a very small sample sample set of just that one game. Trey Lance has a monster arm that can unlock a downfield passing attack that Jimmy Garoppolo has been totally unable to do. Garoppolo's worst feature as an NFL quarterback is downfield passing. This might be Trey Lance's best feature, downfield passing. He could have some deep connections that can produce massive fantasy events. And then lastly, the other part of the reward scenario for Trey Lance is just get the ball in the hands of guys like Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk. But hopefully not on handoffs. <laughs> hopefully not on handoffs. That's right. Throw for the ball to them sweeps. if you don't mind. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Specifically for Debo Samuel. Um, you roll all that together. If he can rush for 80, 90 yards like he did in this one game, um, and he can be throwing deep downfield passes, you get a connection or two a game, and next thing you know, you're like you know 250 yards, a couple of touchdowns through the air, and 90 rushing yards, and you know the periodic rushing touchdown, and now Trey Lance is in the conversation for a top five scoring fantasy quarterback. I'm with you. I like the upside there for sure. Let's go to our high risk, high reward <coughs> running backs. Who is your running back, Brian? Uh, one of your, in about the 10 years I've known you, one of the, the biggest man crushes you've had in uh, over the last decade, Ezekiel Elliott, mm-hmm. who is now going as RB 16, which is way later <laughs> than previous years. Um, and the risk there is, you get the Zeke from the last two seasons who finished 17th and 18th in fantasy points per game. Uh, now, he only missed two games during that span. He's been durable, even though he's been banged up. But when mm-hmm. your points per game are that low, yeah. it almost hurts you more than it helps you. So, But the market is adjusted. Again, going to RB16, he was, a couple of years ago, he was 
maybe the RB1, RB1 and yeah, then he right. was RB10 last year. Yep. Uh, so I think it's a great time to buy the dip because of the, re- the reward is you get vintage Zeke from 2019 back to his rookie year, uh, who he kind of looked like uh, early on last season. He had a bad week one. Uh, he finishes RB45 without he had Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. like top run, rush yeah. defense in the league. Then after that, uh, week two, RB7, then RB1, RB6, RB7 in week five. Then in week six, he was RB15, but that's when he got hurt. And he, not hurt enough to miss games, but yeah. he was banged up for the duration of the season uh, with ankle, knee issues. Uh, before he was injured, though, he was averaging more than five yards per carry. And that's with O-line issues that Dallas was having. Yeah, a bunch of them last year. Uh, whether it was injury or suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully those are cleared up. And off-season reports for Zeke have been very positive, saying he's arguably in the Don't best shape. Don't tell me he's in the best shape of yeah, his career. In the I best shape of his career. I haven't seen any topless photos yet, but he, he should be uh, healthy. They'll be, they'll be out there. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, he'll be flashing the abs for sure. But uh, I don't know. At RB16, I think he could return to that top five running back form. So uh, I, I'm leaning more to the reward side that uh, I like for Zika's here more so than the risk. Tony Pollard's always there. And yeah. Pollard's good. And we've talked, you and I have talked a lot about this. We think yeah, Pollard we love, is, we love Pollard. Is, we love Pollard. And Pollard isn't going anywhere. No. And I think that provides, it just, uh, to me, that limits the ceiling. But, but Zeke's not Zeke. going anywhere either with how much money they're paying him. And they almost have to he'll justify get, that ridiculous yeah. contract. And they, they've talked about using Pollard more as a slot receiver. So we might see them both on the field. That stuff never pans out. Man, we'll, all the we'll all, all the preseason playing out of position talk, I mean, 99% of the time does not come to fruition. You know, the Cordell Patterson's of the world, that's rare. Super rare. By the way, did you hear this? Yahoo's turned off his posi- his dual position. They're just going running back on Cordell Patterson. And I'm Have totally- they done that for all all players? Don't know. I they've don't had, know they have they've had some. You know, I remember Taysom Hill was quarterback tight end. The most right. famous was Marcus Colston. That's right. Tight his end, rookie year, tight end, wide receiver Marcus, tight end. Yeah. Yes, that was. Yep. He was a cheat code for sure. He back was in like oh six, whenever that was. Yep. It's um. I I I'm cool with it, especially when you're making that call now. You know, at least got time to adapt. You know, he is. We're we're calling he's, him running he's back. He's playing running back. He is. He is playing running back mostly. And they that's drafted the Drake London. They brought in Brian Edwards, Auden Tate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a couple other guys, and you know, we say this almost every week. Kyle Pitts is essentially a wide receiver. So yes, yeah. CP eighty four is a running back. My high risk, high reward running back is Cam Akers. Let's start with the risk side on Cam Akers. No NFL running back has had a successful return from a torn Achilles. And by successful, I mean like you're back to most of what you were before. In almost every case, you don't even get close to what you were before. And in many cases, you're completely out of the league. Akers will try to become the first ever running back to do it. And I've touched on Akers before in different conversations that we've had. But I think I've really, I'm really going to drill down on, on the risk and reward side for Akers now. Upon returning last year, his play was completely uninspiring. And, you know, it, granted, it was a quick return on a devastating injury, but just hear me out. His yards per carry in the four games that he had at the end of the year after the Achilles injury was 0.6 yards per carry, 3.2, 2.0, 3.7, 1.6. I think that was five games. That nets out to an average of 2.4 yards per carry, and his PFF grade through the playoffs was 44. Not good. Six months later, we presume that Cam Akers is going to be 
a healthier and better runner. But history suggests that's not a safe assumption whatsoever. The historic best case that I can find on an Achilles on the next year back is Edgar Bennett, who had a two-touchdown, 600-rushing-yard game. Edgar or Bennett. season in 1998. Last Three and last. a half yards per carry, and then he quit football. He knew he was cooked. Is he on the Cardinals? Nope. Want to try again? Packers. Packers. Um, a number of other promising runners have had their careers completely halted by the Achilles. Lendell White, not that long ago. Mikel Lashore, you remember that mm-hmm. name? Lions, he had a gigantic rookie year, and everybody's like, year two's going to be great. Yeah. And then uh, he had the torn Achilles. Uh, Andre Brown, you might remember, Brian, in yeah, particular. New York Giants. New York Giants had a big rookie season. He was another, I'm almost positive, rookie, and it, he never played again. Never played again. So your downside with Cam Akers is it's dramatic. It could be potentially like way lower than anybody's talking about 500 yards, two touchdowns, you know, very, very light use, uh, losing his job. It's, it could be bad. I'm not going to really suggest that there's retirement downside, but that's not a 0% chance either because this injury, the Achilles injury, people have retired on it in the past. Now you might say met, and I, I did a little digging on this Achilles bit with medically we've come so far that in the era of Edgar Bennett 20 years ago, who cares? But it turns out this injury just doesn't have that much advancements in it. It mm-hmm. just sort of is what it is. We yeah. reattach the tendon and we go. Um, the only thing that medicine has done is it allowed Cam Akers to come back faster, but not necessarily better. So your downside with Akers is extremely low. Let's talk upside. He's the presumed starter for a high-functioning offense with one of the best head coaches in the game. There's that. Um, Sean McVay's awesome. In in McVay's tenure, going back to 2017, Rams running backs have averaged as a group, all of them together. Their average season for the Rams running backs is 2,050 yards and 18 touchdowns. Yeah, but that's a lot of prime Todd Gurley. There's, prime, there's a couple, of years, there's a couple of years of prime Todd Gurley in there, but there's also a couple of years of there was a, the season after that where he fell off the cliff and they didn't have anybody else. Mm-hmm. And there's been some, and last season was a down year for the runners too. If Akers is going to get, if Akers is, comes back well enough to earn, say, 70% of the workload on 2,000 yards and 18 touchdowns, okay, well, I'm in. That's 1,400 yards and, and 12 and a half touchdowns. So, you know, I'm in at that point. Um, and the worst any Sean McVay team has ever finished in yards or points is 12th, and they average seventh in points and seventh in yards. So you just, that offense is almost certainly going to be good, and he'd be the presumed lead running back because there isn't that much else. Daryl Henderson proved himself last year to be very ordinary. And fifth-round rookie Kyron Williams does not look like a workhorse back. No, he's more of a receiving threat. But yeah. Henderson, Grant, he was injured early and came back and was – he came back sooner than most expected for the playoff run, too. So, And his injury was not as severe not as a, a, a torn Achilles. And Henderson was not even a reliable week-to-week week, week starter. And in this, in a very good, a Super Bowl caliber Rams offense last year. So you're all that together. You've got a lot of, you've got a ton of risk and a ton of reward for Cam Akers. So in my drafting experience so far, you, you'll find Akers and Zeke pretty much right neck and neck. And who I take you, Zeke all the way. Yeah. No way do I yeah. risk 
the torn Achilles. Let's take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about our high-risk, high-reward wide receivers and tight ends as Fantasy Football Weekly continues. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson. Reminder, four ways to play at guillotineleagues.com. You can join a private league with your friends between 8 and 18 people. The more f- players you have, the longer the fun goes on. The farther you go into the season. Public leagues play for cash, public contests, guillotineleagues.com. Uh, if you want to play high stakes, Super Chop. We've got a $15,000 grand prize option at Super Chop at guillotineleagues.com. And then the uh, the new way to play, if you never want to get chopped, you want to make sure you play all season long zombie mode. When uh, Instead of getting chopped, you become a zombie, join the zombie horde, trying to take down the human survivors. I'm excited to try that. Yes, can't wait to try it. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to our high-risk, high-reward wide receivers. Who are you starting with? I got Lax, the Los Angeles Chargers, Mike Williams, who in best ball has climbed up to wide receiver 13 in ADP, which is very high. That's also very best ball. It is. Because he's always been that guy. High risk, high reward output on a game by game basis. Yeah, but I still think in redraft, you'll see him at least inside the top 15 just based on his upside, which we'll get to. But uh, let's start with the risk. And the risk is you get the, the version of Mike Williams, who averaged three catches for 37 scoreless yards in eight of his 16 games last year. Yeah, the no, yeah the, He was yep. just a, a killer if you had him starting in your starting lineup. Yeah, and a disaster uh, in guillotine leagues, by the way. Oh, yeah. Because he, when he does, he does hard. Next thing you know, you're chopped. And yeah, it almost seemed like a lot of his games alternated from big game. So you're like, oh, I got to start him this week. Right. And, then, and, and then he kills you. Chasing um, that, yes. But, but the reward is uh, he usurps Keenan Allen as the wide receiver one in L.A. and is a top five fantasy wide receiver. Because in the other eight games he played last year, uh, he scored at least once. He had m- multiple, multiple touchdown games. Uh, Endor topped 100 yards 
the other half of games he played. So yeah. he's kind of a it's a fifty it's a coin flip of a, a player, and, but it's an, an elite offense with one of the best quarterbacks in the game, up and coming young, young quarterback. Uh, they they do like and they, they paid him a lot of money too. They extended they him. So yep, yep. some people thought they were going to let him walk the mm-hmm. Chargers, but uh, they did renew his contract. Um, there is competition though. For targets, they like Joshua Palmer uh, a fair amount. He's my he might be my number one sleeper this year. You're going to hear me talking about yeah, him a lot. I like his prospects for his his uh, December. His, price. his December was way better than most people remember. And if that's a, a harbinger of this season to come, Palmer is is going to be a really sneaky pick for people. So for me, I think that the risk still kind of outweighs the reward in that I don't think Keenan Allen is washed by any means. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, either. You know, Austin Eckler, Isaiah Spiller are going to soak up some targets. What about out old Donald bag. Parham? Donald Parham. And I, I, I'm so mad they brought in Gerald Everett, but I still I think know. Parham could be the top tight end. I don't think the, se- the season is going to start that way. But uh, for me, the asking price is too high right now for Williams. I, I might, I'll, I'll take Agreed. some flyers in best ball and I have, but when it comes to redraft, I'm out till I see him dominate for the majority of the season, not, not a 50, 50 split. Talked about this on a previous fantasy football weeklies about Mike Williams. I don't like guys that had one really good season and it was the season in which they got paid. Their contract year season was their one season where it all seemed to come together. And it may be Williams is young enough. It could be that that season is exactly who he's going to be going forward. And which point he would, he'd Mike Williams would be worth this draft spot or got paid now he's fat and happy and uh you know i I thought he would have missed more games he's only missed a handful over the last three years but he's always been on the injury report and like you're shocked that he's actually playing Mm -hmm. uh come game day so yeah i'm out my high risk high reward wide receiver is dk metcalf let's talk about the risks first and it's obvious what the big risk is here his quarterbacks we don't know that there is a functional passer on the seahawks roster there's drew lock there's geno smith can they get any? Can those two really power consistent production to any wide receiver? And even if they trade for Baker Mayfield, which has kind of been a swirling rumor, that yep. that's not that much of an upgrade in my wow. opinion. I think he'd be. A, a it would be an upgrade, big, an upgrade, but I don't know about a yeah. massive upgrade. That would be on the reward side of the risk reward coin. the uh, The other part of, of the risk with DK Metcalf is, you know, even with good quarterbacking, dud games have always plagued Metcalf, and he's viewed largely as a touchdown dependent wide receiver because he is he's failed to score in exactly half his games which is actually pretty good that fact that he has scored in half of his games in a young career is very good um but in those non-scoring games he averages being wide receiver 54 at nine ppr points that hurts that hurts so what happens if his touchdowns dry up with bad quarterbacking geno smith his career he is a 0.8 touchdown passes per game quarterback. 0.8. Yikes. Drew Locke's career is a, exactly a one touchdown per game career. So if, if I'm telling you when DK Metcalf doesn't score, he's usually wide receiver 54, and his, court, his touchdown numbers probably reverse and go far fewer with Geno Smith and Drew Locke, that's some real risk for DK Metcalf. Let's talk about the reward side. Geno Smith fed Metcalf in his games as a starter last year. Metcalf was a top 10 wide receiver three times in Smith's three and a half game appearances. Hmm. 
You would never have guessed it. No. Smith's play was actually competent. He had the exact same PFF grade in his three and a half games. He had the exact same PFF grade as Russell Wilson last year. I think if the Seahawks stand pat at quarterback with, with Smith and Locke, I think Smith, Smith wins, wins the job I do too. going into week one. I do too. Um, Seattle could trade for a better quarterback. You know, you mentioned Baker Mayfield. It could be Jimmy Garoppolo, although mm-hmm. I think it's unlikely that they would trade in division. But um, it would probably be Baker Mayfield. Uh, maybe Drew Locke gets better with different coaching. That could provide some, maybe there's a glimmer of upside for Drew Locke, but I don't think that's the case. And there's this reason for reward as well for DK Metcalf. He's just a freaking beast whose God-given abilities can keep him fantasy relevant even with inconsistent quarterbacking. He's just a special player. He still can't do the three-cone drill, though. No, God, <laughs> no, God forbid. So there's your risk-reward on DK Metcalf. Let's go to your risk-reward tight end. Detroit's TJ Hawkinson, who is going around a tight end seven mm-hmm. right now. Uh he was a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde last year for sure. And I want to make sure I get this right. Mr. Hyde is like the evil side of that. Yeah. Split. Dr. Jekyll's the good guy. Okay. He's a doctor. All right. right? I, I got my notes. Yeah. Right. That's what I yes. figured. It's been a while since I've, uh, uh, I've never read it. Uh, I don't think I have either, but I might've seen the play or I don't know. Anyway, you get the Maybe. risk is you get the Mr. Hyde side <laughs> okay. of TJ Hawkinson and <laughs> half of his games played. He averaged 3.3 catches for 29 scoreless yards. And to make matters worse, he also missed five games. So that's, He's somewhat injury prone. Um, he did play all 16 games in 2020, but he did miss four games uh, his rookie year in 2019. Um, but still, so 12 games played last year, half were absolute garbage, killed you. He was a guy I feel like we talked about a lot on Chop as one of the top Chop yeah, tight ends. A lot. Uh, yeah. Whether he was injured or having a bad game. But the, the reward is you get uh, the Dr. Jekyll side, who we saw primarily early on in the year. Um, which was kind of odd because there was more competition for targets then. Yeah, right. Then later what, in the yeah, season, right? When but, yeah, uh, the receivers are still up right then. But after the first three weeks, we were talking about him as like the top. Is he gonna be the tight end one mm-hmm. of twenty twenty one? He in his in those six games played, the other six games played, uh, he scored end or top seventy yards in all of them, and that's great production. And if you get that on a consistent basis at tight end seven right now. Uh, going multiple rounds after the the Darren Wallers, the George Kittles, and the, the Darren yeah. uh, Darren Schultzes of the world, not not Darren Schultz, but Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz, yes. my bad. Uh, that's a, that's a huge payoff. But uh, for me, again, it's I feel like most of my players outside of Zeke, I think the risk kind of outweighs the reward for me, especially after they've drafted Jameson Williams at wide receiver. You know, he might not be ready yeah. to start week one. I think there's just a ton of competition for targets, and I don't think. We're going to see that Mr. Hyde version of Hawkinson as much as the, the Dr. Jekylls. No, you won't see the Dr. Jekyll, Jekyll side. side. I really yeah. shouldn't have gone with the. The, <laughs> <laughs> the problem was the way you said them is the opposite way that you did them. But whatever, it's it is it's confusing. Everyone gets what, what I'm saying. We know what you're talking about. All right, good. My high risk, high reward tight end is George Kittle. Now, your risk side goes like this. He's never topped six touchdowns in a season. Pat Fryermuth had seven as a rookie last year, so he's never been a touchdown score, reliable touchdown score. A lot of injuries in three straight years. Now, he played through a lot of the injuries last year, but he clearly looked limited in a lot of his games. Yeah, people starting to call him George Brittle. Yeah, which, there's something to that. Yeah. Something to that. Uh, and then the, I wouldn't say it to his face, though. That's for sure. No, <laughs> I wouldn't either. Then dud games are another problem for George Kittle. He played 14 games last year out of the 17. 
11 of his 14 games, he earned single-digit PPR points last year for George Kittle. And the other risk factor is Trey Lance. What if what if Trey Lance doesn't come along? You know, we we outlined Trey Lance earlier. I told you I had a I told you I had a receiver quarterback combo coming. Here's the receiver tight end. Now, presumably, and especially if they trade J- Jimmy Garoppolo and they just put all their chips in on on Trey Lance, and what if he what if he busts? Then what? Now the risk that's the risk side, the reward side for George Kittle. Quickly on the the yeah. risk side yeah, still, yeah. Um, and maybe more. It's it's great for reality football, but it's a curse in fantasy football. He's such a good blocker, blocker. and yeah, if you say right. if they they draw up all these designed runs for mm-hmm. Trey Lance, we're going to see a ton of blocking by Kittle. That could be, mm-hmm. it could be, good point. All right, so the rewards. Uh, one of the great yard after catch tight ends in recent memory. He is so good after the catch in 2019. George Kittle's last full healthy season, he was fifth in the entire league, including wide receivers in yards after catch at seven and a half per probably if you took a poll of defensive backs, even linebackers, he's the top tight end. You don't, don't want to see yeah. it could be. <laughs> uh, he also finished fourth overall in catch percentage in 2019. Again, his last full healthy season for George Kittle. If Debo Samuel gets himself out of, out of San Francisco, which is possible. I don't think it'll happen, but it's possible. Kittle's target share could vault up as well. And he is capable of amazing games. Last year, he had a two-game stretch. It's like week, I don't know, 10, 11. With, this is a two game, these are two-game numbers. 27 targets, 22 receptions, 332 yards, and three touchdowns. Back-to-back gigantic games. And if, what if Trey Lance is, what if Trey Lance is great? What if he, he's got the big arm and he's, that big arm is opening up the middle of the field for a great tight end, a little bit like Patrick Mahomes' arm strength helped unlock Travis Kelsey. And I'm not saying Trey Lance can be Patrick Mahomes, but just from an arm strength standpoint only, Mahomes' ability to heave those deep downfield passes to, well, a variety of players, but mostly Tyreek Hill, really did help open up the field for Travis Kelsey. And it could do Trey Lance. If that big arm is working, that could happen for George Kittle too. I'm very intrigued to see how this San Francisco offense plays out. Oh, should be interesting. It's so tempting to invest in them. So tempting. Um, I kind of, I kind of like doing a if Garoppolo stays, and by the if Garoppolo does stay, that makes Kittle a lot safer because we already know that we already know that what he that he can be a very good fantasy tight end in a Garoppolo led offense. If he's still there, I do. There's something to be said for doing a Trey Lance. George Kittle combo draft. This is somewhat out of context, but just another team I, I can't wait to watch is uh, Atlanta mm. with Mariota. See if he can revive his career and Kyle Pitts, of course. And we mentioned Cordero Patterson yeah. earlier. Drake London has some promise. Who leads Who? the team in rushing yards? Ugh. I don't think it's going to be the rookie Algier. It's probably Patterson. I mean, it should be. If they we say get the he December fell off, Patterson. Then you know. Then who knows? I mean, he's uh hasn't been uh, partaking in minicamp. They're just trying to keep him fresh. That's kind of they're yeah. saying that's why he fell off. He just wasn't used to well, being a running back. That's, sure. That, that you take but a is he going to be now? I'm, they're trying to ramp him up. I know. His endurance and all that. We'll see. But uh, I can't wait to see that. Non-zero chance. It's Mariota. No, there's definitely. 
Remember Ryan Fitzpatrick led the Dolphins in rushing like two th- two years ago? <laughs> well, I'm sure Michael Vick led the, the, the Falcons right. in rushing plenty of times. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time the quarterback exactly. did it down there. Exactly. Um, all right. Thank you for listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. Uh, we'll be back next week. And as a reminder, we're now about one month away from the full the full two-hour version of Fantasy Football Weekly. Yeah. Full crew in studio. Oh, that'll be great. Can't wait. Thanks for listening, everybody, and especially thanks to those who uh, take the time to rate and review and subscribe Fantasy Football Weekly. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.